Driven by the pandemic, the hybrid workplace has become the new normal for many organizations. While the ability to flex the workspace between homes, cafes, and the office has opened up new possibilities for employee flexibility and productivity, it's also introduced new challenges. For example, consider organizations operating in a highly secure environment. How do they navigate this hybrid workspace? What are their unique challenges? And what questions should highly secure organizations be asking as they seek to evolve the hybrid workplace in the coming years? We'll address all of these questions and more today. Are you ready to perform at your highest potential? Welcome to the Performance Matters podcast from GP Strategies, your workforce transformation partner. In each episode, we'll interview industry experts and explore best practices and innovative insights to help your organization improve performance. Welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Teal. I'm a creative director serving within the innovation team at GP Strategies. And today we're focusing on a topic most likely impacting every listener at some level, hybrid work in a secure environment. Now, every time I crack open my laptop or my phone, I'm getting pinged to multi-factor authenticate this and SSO that. So I know it's surely impacting me. And of course, I'm sure there's a good reason behind all these layers of corporate security. So to help us break it all down, I'm pleased to be joined today by Ronnie Ng, an account manager and certified project management professional here at GP Strategies. Ronnie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Happy to be here. I am fantastic. Thank you so much for carving time out of your busy schedule and taking a little time away from clients here. And to position her, I just want to say that if we went to central casting to find someone to talk about security in a hybrid environment, I mean, I don't think we could find someone more qualified than Ronnie to speak on this subject here. So um, Ronnie, without revealing any privileged client information, is it okay if I just share some of your background street cred with our listeners? That'll be okay, but don't reveal too much because remember, security is of the utmost importance with our clients. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw a couple black Suburbans going around <laughs> my neighborhood this morning, so I will, uh, I'm waiting for that knock on the door here. I'm going to do my best here. So here's some things about Ronnie that you're going to want to know is that over the, the past, let's just say roughly decade here, she's been managing teams with over 70 plus resource professionals. So professionals and about over 500 work streams in terms of various projects and yep i would say currently there's about 500 active work streams going on now in addition to that you've been leading teams with over 10 project managers across multiple accounts and again we've talked about this on the back channel i think that's what they say in the secure world here and we won't name names of any clients but is it fair to say that within all these individuals they haven't been going to an office and scanning in and being in a lock-in environment for this kind of work have they that's correct. We've cultivated a team that understand the security risks and the importance of it, and we use them across these secure client accounts. You're truly working highly secure uh, in terms of the industries, right? So we're talking about things at the, let's just say at the, the life and death level, national security. Is that fair to say? Yep, I would say that. Yep. Okay. I'm peeking out my window here. Looks like the <laughs> Suburbans are starting to leave now. So got a couple questions for you. I know our listeners, we're all dealing with these hybrid environments, but you know, at the security level where it's truly paramount, it's life and death. Um, you know, these are things I, I'm sure have been evolving here over 
the past couple of years. Obviously, the pandemic has changed things. But I just want to ask you, since you've been kind of living this life here, what really is the general need for hybrid work in secure environments? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a fun fact there. Um, we did not set up the models that we have been using because of the pandemic. Uh, we have been using these models predating the pandemic, which were great because that meant that you know, the type of work that we were doing could not be stalled because of the pandemic and had to keep moving forward. Um, so we did not have a stop to our flow of work or our processes. So that was a great benefit. One of the things that GP sells with the value pop proposition is our flexible resourcing model. And we can staff to augment a team as a client needs for whatever it is. And then they don't have to carry those full-time heads full-time. So that's a great way to do it. We have these clients that are working in a traditionally secure environment, but they want to take advantage of what GP can offer with these virtual teams that can shift and grow and flex to meet their needs. So somehow we have to partner with these clients who have a secure environment that they're used to working in traditionally and because of maybe contracts that they have. But we had to build a solution where they can work with the team virtually. It's almost the type of thing like building an ark, right? We've already had the boat there. So when the flood came, it was more just business as usual. Is that is that a I mean, that's a kind of a, a strange analogy. But what do you think about that? One? That analogy seems like it's spot on. Like that's how we were <laughs> operating. The flood came and, you know, we just kept operating full speed ahead. So we've got clients in secure environments here and we've been we've been working with them in in that way here. What are you noticing as some of the biggest challenges over time in terms of uh, really maintaining that security while managing, as you've been saying, hundreds of work streams, 70 plus resource professionals? What are some of the, the elements you've observed, you know, obviously before the pandemic, but carrying it through? Yeah, so, you know, GP has been working with these sorts of clients for decades. But, you know, as we're coming into starting these relationships, a lot of the challenges were around how do you extract knowledge from an on-site presence that's in a secure env environment? And sometimes if it's within manufacturing, those people may not have access to Wi-Fi or computers, right? And they, and a lot of times you can't even have your cell phone in some of these areas. So how do you wow. get that knowledge to a virtual development team? So that was a big part. And then additionally, you know, instructional designers, content development, we're not SMEs. So we need to be able to partner with the SMEs who are from the client side. Okay, so first, let me stop you here, Ronnie. Let's break that down for the folks that are listening. And they're like, what's a SME? <laughs> Subject matter experts. So we need to bridge the gap between instructional designers and the subject matter experts. How can we do that if we can't connect to them virtually? So that was a challenge. Um, and then I think since, you know, this was kind of bringing our clients into a more virtual world, it was building that trust and foundation and comfort level with these clients that, you know, we are handling all of this information with care, with the utmost security, and, you know, there's no leaks or anything to be had. So that has to be supported by making sure that GP had the right IT infrastructure in place to satisfy their security requirements and making them feel comfortable. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you is that in terms of these challenges, these have been things that you've been kind of grappling with um, for quite a while in terms of how do you have your instructional design team, which has a, a unique 
capability set versus a, as you said, a SME. I'll have to start using that one. Subject matter expert. I've always called it an SME. So it's uh, oh. I'm learning new things as we go too. So tomato, tomato, right? SME, yeah. SME, right? So has your approaches re- been refined over over the past couple of years with the pandemic in terms of interacting between the SME and, and the, the ISD, the instructional designers? Oh, so that's an interesting question. Because at first I was going to be like, hey, no, we had this model in place, business as usual. We've been doing things, <laughs> dad, right? I mean. <laughs> but you're right. So what I will say is when the pandemic happened, we knew how to work virtually, but they did not. They were mm. now in a position where they were starting to work virtually and they were having times when they needed people to be out of the office um, and have limited people be around each other. So it, we, you know, we did our best and we did. We gave them a lot of resources that we have as GP. How do you work virtually? How do you, you know, access a WebEx or whatever that they want to have? Um, so we were in a really great position to help and support them with how to work with us virtually because we already were, you know, so we were able to hold their hands in that transition during the pandemic to make sure the flow of work didn't stop. Yeah, I I would say that I've been noticing the amount of white papers that we've produced over the past couple of years in terms of coaching and consulting clients in this virtual world and how to how to navigate it and, you know, use some tools that might have just been traditionally old school learning and development tools, how to use those just to get through life, right? To get through work. And I'm sure it's uh, triple secure when you have to come down out of a uh, air conditioning chute and then, you know, <laughs> kind of do the Tom Cruise thing and, and kind of uh, hover around the ground. So I'm sure that I'm sure you've got stories like that. I don't want you to share it again. I'm dying to know them. I'll, I'll buy you a soda afterwards and maybe we can talk about those things here. So, okay. So we've got some challenges, but you know, we, let's turn the corner here and uh, you know, obviously people come to GP strategies for solutions. So again, are, can you just share, kind of hedge around some of the things here of what are some of the solutions that you've, you've seen put in place to satisfy these secure hybrid work environments? Absolutely. And I love talking about this because I'm super proud of everything that we've been able to do. Um, So one of the things we had to do is, you know, we had to kind of meet the client in the middle. So even though we have a traditionally virtual team that does this type of work, we actually embedded about 15% of our team on site with a very particular, highly specific skill set. These are technical experts with military backgrounds that specialize in training and learning. They are a team of unicorns. This team (laughs) has that linchpin in between the client and the greater virtual development team, right? So they can extract that knowledge, they can conduct analysis, they can get feedback, and then they can take it and they, they can virtually connect with the rest of our development team to pass around that knowledge. They can act as our SMEs when we don't have direct access to our SMEs. And they can make sure that the training that we are creating is accurate and will translate and make sense to that client. So that was the very first thing, right? So you just have a smaller team here that kind of just is a conduit to the virtual team. Um, And this team also kind of, how do you say, build street cred with, um, yeah, corporate environment. You know, they're there. They bridge between, you know, their status quo and the future of work. They're there. We're like, they speak their language. They understand their mission. They are also passionate about it, right? Because sometimes it can be hard for them to understand maybe the importance of learning or the way that instructional design principles are applied because they're like, I can create a PowerPoint in like a day. 
Like what's going on here, right? So these people are there, they can translate that um, from both of, between both of the companies. So on the other side of that, right, we need to, how do we make sure that everything is secure? So we implemented um, standards of process working with um, our team's legal and IT folks, right? So these are these are forms that everybody that works on the account has to fill out. Um, it, it outlines exactly what is allowed and what is not allowed, what things can leave the environment, which things cannot leave the environment. It's signed, it's retained, it's documented. And then, so speaking of the environment, right? So we need to basically into these clients' environments, their network. That is a big, big deal. Um, so one of the things, you know, we have to make sure that GP resources all United States citizens, they're US-based, only working in the United States, and they are only supported by US-based US help desk. This is also all outlined and documented. There's numerous new forms that our, instruct, uh, that our IT department had to work with the clients IT departments to make sure that our security requirements met the standards that they did so that we can access their environment. Um, and so, you know, these conversations took a long time. Um, and basically it does require along with their citizenship um, that everybody has to go over a thorough background check that is then submitted and to the client and they approve that we are allowed to work on their content. Being a global company, those are some unique steps that you need to have to honor this model of a hybrid workforce in a secure environment. So even with our, as you as you described it, unicorns, so people that have both high subject matter expertise in these unique secure industries, I think I'm doing a good job dancing around that, uh, but they also have a, at least they speak the, the language of instructional systems design and they can uh, almost be like a Rosetta Stone. I don't know if that's. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember my stuff from college here. You know, so I'm I'm well, trying yeah. to do it. How am I doing? Yeah, that, that makes <laughs> but, a lot of um, sense. Exactly it. So let me ask you this: when when we've had people go on site in in this pandemic world, have there been even having to be additional layers of security for them? You know, our quote unquote on-site people, are they, have they still been going on-site or is it, or has it had to be a, even more of a, a hybrid, hybrid type model? Um, yeah, there was more hybrid to hybrid type model for a, a short time being, um, but ultimately they all have security clearances and the need is still there for them to be on-site. So okay. know, as, as you know, the client needed and the time and the work allowed, yeah, their, their on-site presence was still necessary to keep the flow of work going. Their job, and as you mentioned, with all these layers of security and protocol, their job is really to uh, help leverage the rest of the hybrid workforce that you're managing. And that's that's pretty cool. That's very impressive that we've got that uh, that level of, of protocol built in there. So yeah, um, really great level of technical expertise that GP is able to you know, the more I just get a chance to discover the, the global world of GP, it's like an onion. There's so many layers of professionals out there in, in the world. So, Ronnie, I know we don't want to take up all of your day. I'm sure your clients are demanding your time. You probably had about 15 pings uh, hitting your, your uh, whatever your secure mail system is. Uh, of choice here, but I just want to ask one parting thought for you as we wrap up today's podcast. And that would be if you had some advice for clients, maybe they might not be at the highly secure level 
that you're working at, but for clients that surely are saying, okay, we're going hybrid, we are hybrid, and you know the train has left the station, the horse is out of the stable, uh, what type of advice would you give them, these organizations that are wanting to ramp up and ensure their security for their workforce? That's a great question. Um, and it's simple. Start early. Start the conversations early. As soon as you get wind that there is sensitive content that you will be dealing with, start the process. Because like we talked about just a moment ago, there are so many steps. There's background there's multiple forms, there's approvals from different departments, security, IT, procurement, what have you. And if they want your work to be ready to go, they have to understand that there's a lead time to get this access and to have an environment where it's okay to work on it. Ultimately, what will happen is most of the time, your learning partners may not understand the IT infrastructure. So you as the GP representative or whoever's working with your client, you're going to have to guide them in that. Like, hey, let's start asking these questions. What's the right IT infrastructure? Because that's not their area of expertise. It's learning. That would be my advice. Start early and be, be that advocate for spearheading what environment you're going to work in and how. Ronnie, I want to just say on behalf of our many listeners around the globe, I want to thank you so much for sharing your insight today. Appreciate it. Loved being here. Thank you so much. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.